This is the voice of the report of the week. Signing on. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone listening. This is VORW International. Welcome to today's broadcast. It's probably going out early hours of Saturday, the 2nd of May, 2020. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the show. You know, this is kind of like a uh, bit of a preface to, um, you know, to the broadcast. Kind of like we did with, um, I don't know if it was the last one we did. I think it was. Uh, Yes, there is going to be that audio change again. So just, I, I think... The more you listen to it, it'll grow on you. <laughs> you know, it'll it'll be one of those things that you'll kind of get used to eventually. But um, otherwise, on another note, it's going to be a random show. Lots of uh, miscellaneous subjects, topics. Uh, the one thing was that I recorded a lot of the show a couple days ago. So some of the info is going to seem, I don't know, a little dated, you know, best way to put it. So I'm sorry about that. But uh, I just give it a listen. I think... Many of the points in this show are still valid, but I'm sorry if just some of what I, you know, at the time what I was addressing might have been newer events, now may not have that same degree of relevance. For instance, I talk a little bit about Kim Jong-un. Uh, that situation has changed greatly. Look, it's no spoiler, the fact that he's alive. That's confirmed. I mean, there's pictures, there's videos. I'm convinced 100% that's really him. I'm not going to sit there and deny that just to make the points that I bring up in the broadcast seem like they're a little bit more valid or legitimate. Yes, I recorded this part um, where I talk about him before any of that was known, but that's what we're going on about. Really wasn't even a commentary about how he's doing. It was just about the media and whatnot. That's still valid. It's something that'll go on no matter what happens with him, but eh, in short, I'm just babbling on. Hope you enjoy the show, and uh, this is VORW. All right, so here we are once again. Another show, another broadcast, and uh, welcome. Thank you for uh, listening in. Thank you for choosing to spend the next, (laughs) however long it ends up being, however long the uh, duration is, uh, be that 30 minutes, an hour, two hours, 10 hours, right? Imagine if if just did like a 10-hour marathon out of the blue. That would be crazy. I don't think I have enough to even... St- <laughs> I don't think I have enough to talk about to go on for that long, but... <laughs> well, never say never, but I just don't see that happening anytime soon, but... For however long we're here. Uh, thank you for tuning in, and uh, hope you're doing alright. Uh, I was... Uh, number one, looking at the last show... That at least was put up here on... Uh, YouTube, on all the podcast Platforms... Uh, it was great to see the, uh, the reaction to it, and I was, well, I was personally surprised. Um, the fact that people were still, uh, they were okay with it. They were okay with the change in recording device, and they didn't mind it. They didn't mind the, uh, difference in, uh, fidelity, which was good. You know, I, I, I just think... Sometimes in in 2020, anyway. So, you know, there's a difference, in my opinion, between the truth and the way we're uh, conditioned. Is that the best way you want to phrase it? 
You know, because sometimes we're ingrained, and it's all just one big marketing scheme. Uh, that everything has to be new, that everything has to be uh, at this standard, or, you know, you're some sort of uh, just disgusting human being, if it isn't. Uh, but that's not true. You know, it's just we get bombarded with this uh, old technology bad, old technology evil. Uh, spend money at this store and get the newest thing or else, right? And uh, it's not quite a form of bullying, but sometimes it just gets this, in my opinion, incorrect thought in people's heads that anything that's a bit older is just trash. Uh, it's just absolute garbage. And you need to get the newer stuff, which is obviously not a piece of garbage that breaks more frequently and uh, doesn't even have a performance that is even as, as good in some ways, right? That's one thing that I've, I've noticed a lot over time. Uh, and it's it, this is no new argument or anything. It's been going for decades, but I mean, I think there is some truth to it. That sometimes the newer stuff, while having a nicer appearance, while being you know, in the literal or metaphorical sense, shinier and brighter and uh, perceived to be better, uh, just doesn't hold up as good. You know, just doesn't. You know how it is, breaks more frequently, more cheaply made. Sometimes they're able to make things look nicer, but sometimes the older technology just has certain advantages. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes there's older technology that it really is a piece of garbage. Um, just that's not that's not uniformly true. It's not true in, in either sense, you know, one way or the other It's just the one attitude that Anything that isn't made in the last year is just a junk is uh, is false uh, So I was just expecting People to really be upset over the fact that I was using this older microphone um, But I'm glad that that the reaction was good so it's great to see. It's wonderful to see. Because it just makes a big difference to be able to walk around freely as opposed to, uh, you know, being just in a in a confined spot. Uh, that's not to say that that's a bad thing. It's just one, one suits a certain type of show better than the other. Now, just walking around, pacing around uh, supports a free-form show like this. Whereas when we do the one mailbag for the coronavirus, being able to just sit in the one spot right there at the computer, uh, that works great. Different advantages, different formats, different uses. And all is good there, but I'm glad people were fine with the fidelity. That's, that's good to see. One thing that I've always realized about this setup is that it's an acquired taste. For the first couple minutes that you go from say, the newer mic to this one, it's like, oh, well, you know, it's different. Uh, but then once a few minutes goes by, most people are fine with it. And it's like, yeah, I've gotten used to it. You know, it's not that bad. Can live with it, right? So that's what I've noticed anyway. But glad to see people enjoyed the last uh, show. <laughs> not that many people were, were listening to begin with, but that's fine. Uh, you know, the numbers just are numbers. That's all that, that's all that it is. One, one thing that I just will say, uh, just as a little bit of advice, 
to anyone who does anything on YouTube. And, and it all depends, because see, the thing with YouTube, that we've known this for years now, and uh, that's just the way the site is, is that it's not about how many people watch something or how many people, you know, don't. And people finding content, the days of people finding content on the site organically, for the most part, is dead. Uh, in that it's not like you just really search around and, you know, whatever whatever comes up, comes up. It's all about the algorithms. It's about what's suggested to you. A lot of the time with no rhyme or reason. And that's all that matters, is appeasing the algorithm. And in doing so, you have to upload uh, frequently. And that's it. If you take a break, breaks just don't work. You know, it just goes against... It goes against the system. And it's discouraged, and it's actively punished. So you always have to upload something. So, of course, when I made the change with this show to take a break, uh, I knew full-blown what I was going to get myself into. And I was willing to accept that. I said, no, I'll take it. Sometimes I just need a break. And I'll take the consequences. That's fine. Listenership gets cut by 60-70%. That's okay. I'll take it. I just need a break. So I took one, but now I'm feeling better. I'm back. And uh, consider this new, you know, increase in content... Uh, as a bit of a thank you for those of you who are still sticking around. And it's greatly appreciated. So with that, pleasure to be here. And uh, again, yeah, for everyone who's still, who's still sticking it out and uh, tuning into these programs, uh, I thank you for, for being here. I thank you for watching. I thank you for listening. And all these new shows that are coming out, all these extra hours of programming that really, you know, haven't been there in months past. It was just maybe 40 minutes a week, and that's it. Now you might be getting three to five hours a week. Uh, just, it's a bit of a thank you for sticking around. You know, you kind of recharge the batteries, and then you come in with more, with more energy, better than ever. So, that's good. Happy to be here. Uh, in today's show, we're going to be discussing a few miscellaneous topics, first and foremost. And then I want to uh, crack open the mailbag. Uh, it's a little on the lighter side, which I'm fine with. It's no problem. Uh, whatever comes in, comes in. Get to what we can. And then that'll be that. So uh, it's miscellaneous, miscellaneous thoughts, and uh, subject matter. Today's show is not going to be centered on the coronavirus completely. You know, it's not going to be it's going to be like the last one, where um, we focus on some current events, maybe mention the virus a couple times, but it's not only uh, about the virus, you know, 100%. So that's that's where that stands. That's just a little bit of a maybe a guidebook outline for the show and uh, what you're in for. So anyway, I hope you're doing okay. hope this last week was all right. 
<laughs> it's it's funny how it is. Uh, the drama, the drama with Kim Jong Un continues. Yeah, the uh, mystery man, right? He, uh, it, it 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 baffles me. This obsession with it. But I understand. Again, like we were saying last week, uh, North Korea is an interesting country. They're very secretive, and as a result, it leads to speculation, right? Leads to speculation because there's. Unless the North Korean government, right, looks at it and is able to confirm it, well, your guess is as good as mine. So that's why there's so many, you know, speculative uh, comments and posts. And Now, I don't have any problem with speculating something, right? Because last week we were talking about Kim Jong-un, how he has his, um, you know, the potential health issues hasn't been seen in a while, right? That he might have been in grave danger or some, you know, one statement or an X, usually that's what it, uh, that's what it was. And then it kind of went away for a bit. People, I don't know if they either forgot about it or there just wasn't, wasn't enough maybe substance to go off of, you know? It was just like, eh, you're just pulling at strings here, and people kind of realize that. So nothing new, nothing new happened, and everyone kind of forgot about it, and that was laid to rest. That was until uh, yesterday, that being Saturday, the twenty-fifth of April, twenty twenty. Let me just get this one source up here. I want to just get my facts straight. takes a little longer to type with one hand. There we go. So here's what happened yesterday. Uh, if you're a Twitter user, and I'm not a big Twitter user, I mean, I don't really post anything. Uh, so I'm not, you know, sitting there tweeting like a madman all the time. I don't, I don't really do the social media stuff. I don't know. If, if anything, I'm just a lurker, you know? I don't use Instagram. I don't use Facebook. I don't use any of those other sites that I don't even know. I, I can't even... I don't know what's popular with, you know, even anyone my age or younger. I don't know. I just know Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. But and I just don't use any of it. The only site that I kind of use from time to time is Twitter, but not to tweet. I don't have anything of substance uh, that I really want to say. Instead, I just kind of take a look at what various accounts, especially news accounts, are uh, talking about, and that's about it. And sometimes I'm just curious to see what's trending. But usually the stuff on Twitter that's trending is just this weird stuff that just seems just makes me uncomfortable. I don't know if it's, I don't know if degenerated is the word for it, but it's just, it makes me uncomfortable. That's all. Like I look at Sunday trends, right? And it's, it's like these weird, I don't know, these weird things. Like, I don't know, there was one that was there on the top of the other day. It was just awkward. It was like, um, weird things to say when you're having sex. Or, uh, 
uh, awkward places for sex. I'm like, what? why am I seeing this? I don't have any interest in that. It's... I, I don't know. Hey, who knows? Who knows? There's just a disconnect. People can talk about what they want, but it just doesn't interest me. Um, but one of the big trends that I saw on the side was Kim Jong-un. I thought to myself, when I saw that the other day, I thought, oh, what now, you know? What now? What's the latest speculation? What's the latest, um, you know, discussion about him? So I read this, and everyone's talking about him being dead. Now, again, this comes after a week ago. All right, people were talking about his health. They were talking about, well, did he have a surgery? Did he not have a surgery? What's going on? No one knew. You know, he still hasn't been seen in public. And that just has added fuel to the fire. Okay, now again, I don't have a problem with people speculating. It's fine. I, I personally enjoy looking at current events and speculating. You know, what's going on? What's going to happen? Uh, I think it could be a very, very uh, thoughtful exercise. It's something that you can you can do. And it's just, it's fun. It's fun for me anyway. Uh, so there's nothing wrong with that to just go and uh, think, well, what is going on with Kim Jong-un? What's the, um, what's the deal? What's, you know, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong to think about the what ifs. Well, what if he is dead? What is the line of succession? What's the geopolitical impact going to be, etc., etc.? That's fine. So I'm not trying to say that just thinking freely about possibilities is a wrong thing. The problem that I had that really just, it made me shake my head, because it's one of those things, I can't do a thing about it. It's been rampant for a while, and uh, it's just the way that it is, but my problem isn't that. My problem is when a media outlet takes that speculation and reports it as fact. That's when you draw the line, because there's a very clear difference between speculative views versus confirmed information, right? Speculation can open the door. Speculation can be like, well, what if? It could be a thought exercise. It could be something fun to think about, um, but a lot of the time non-serious. Confirmed facts, of course, should be formal, should be serious, should be accurate and honest. When you cross the lines, that's when you really start getting into lies, rumors, um, even slander at times, right? Stereotypical fake news. And what bothered me was when I saw you had these so-called... Now, number one, I don't think this really needs to be <laughs> said. I guess it does. Um, but to me, and I've never been one to consider TMZ and uh, the sun to be uh, reputable news sources right to me it's tabloids uh, it's it's a tabloid it's like it's no different than you know you remember those magazines that are there when you're at the grocery store and you're checking out at least this is a thing in the united states i don't know if it is overseas but there were these um magazines that were like the National Enquirer and I think the National Examiner. 
And it was just like such bogus, like blatantly false stories. And then there was one magazine that I haven't seen it in a long time. It reminded me of years ago, Weekly World News, which was just a joke. It was like, um, <laughs> you know, just, just like a complete joke. It made fun of these tabloids and just posted such outrageous stories. Um, but there was one magazine that kind of lasted a bit longer. It was called Sun, not to be confused with British um, tabloid, The Sun. It was a different one. And it had these outrageous stories. It was like um, Kim Jong, you know, they would, they would make fun of it. They would be saying like uh, Kim Jong-un abducted by aliens or something. You know, just these ridiculous stories just kind of making fun of the tabloids and how ridiculous they can be. But anyway, I just never looked at these as sources of hard news. I would never say, yeah, I'm just going to go to TMZ and uh, see what's going on in the world. Um, as a source of entertainment, fine. As a source of gossip, fine. But don't look to these as something to be well-versed in current affairs, because I don't think that would be a good source at all. I guess that's where the problem stems from. People they trust... They trust TMZ too much. They have to remember that TMZ has reported so many people's deaths falsely, it's too many to count. And I'm not going on against them saying, oh, I hate them, I despise them. No, I've watched them on television sometimes, but you have to draw the line between gossip and entertainment versus news. I think that line gets crossed too many times. But anyway... So they, they go out, and they report, not, not that he's in some sort of grave danger, or not that he had some medical work done, no. They go out and they say, he's just full-blown dead. Yeah, he's dead. That's what, that's what TMZ said. Oh, yeah. Kim Jong-un, he's dead. And, uh, that's that. Yep. He's gone. Uh, looks like his sister, uh, Kim Yo-jong, is going to to take over. And uh, yeah, he's gone. What was their source? Was it from reputable U.S. government intelligence? Was it from South Korean government intel? Japanese government intel? Even the Chinese government? What about an official statement from North Korea? None of them? Oh, wait, it was from the vice director of a Hong Kong-backed news channel who is apparently the niece of a Chinese foreign minister. So... You have this person who's at this news station in Hong Kong who knows someone in China and that person in China, I think it was even just through messages on social media, said that he's dead. Isn't that a bit of a stretch? And then TMZ goes as far as to say in the fine print, TMZ has not confirmed that. Yet two paragraphs up in huge bold letters it says Kim Jong-un reportedly dead after botched heart surgery. Then it goes down. It's like they have this eye-grabbing headline that says he's dead. 
And then the rest of the article, which wasn't very long, is spent clarifying the headline and saying, well, maybe he's not really dead, um, but according to this guy who knows a guy in China uh, who said it on social media, uh, they claim he's dead, um, but we don't know if the source is reliable or not, so maybe he's dead, maybe he's not dead. Um, maybe he got some medical work done, or maybe he didn't. Uh, so we don't know, but uh, uh, some guy said he's dead, but we don't know if he really is or isn't. And that's the article, with a big, huge title that says, yeah, he's dead. Now, we know people don't read the news articles. People, no, I'm guilty of that. Sometimes I will, but sometimes I will just look at the headline and get the basic viewpoint from that. So what sort of ideas are many of the individuals who are just skimming through their social media and look at this headline that says, North Korea dictator Kim Jong-un reportedly dead after botched heart surgery and then below it, Kim Jong-un is reportedly about to kick the bucket or already has. Well, you're going to look at that and you're going to assume that he's gone or close to it. Without reading the rest of the article that kind of says, eh, maybe our title was a bit of a stretch, but maybe it's not, or maybe it really is, we don't know. Gives this false idea, this false concept into people's heads. And then because it's such an eye-catching title, right, and obviously it draws a lot of traffic to their sites and it gets people talking about it, gives them a little bit of a boost in the algorithms, whatnot. Um, one tabloid picks up on it, another one, because it's clickbait. You know, it's clickbait in the news form. Of course it gets people talking, it gets people interesting. So then Kim Jong-un, you know, trends on Twitter and everyone's talking about it. And then, because so many people are talking about it, then the mainstream press has to take a look at it, and they have to address it. And they have to say, oh, well, there's rumors going around online that he's dead. Um, but instead of just clarifying it completely, they leave the door open, too, because it gets more people interested, and it goes on and on and on, and it spirals out of control. Before you know it, you have half the internet sitting there, thinking that, yeah, he's definitely dead, and this is big news when it's based on totally unconfirmed information. Personally, I think he got medical work done. I think there were probably some complications with it. I don't think he's dead right now. That's my opinion. He might make a full recovery, he might not, but I don't think it's at that point where he's deceased. Just remember, back in 2014, he wasn't seen for an entire month. Everyone thought he was gone, only for him to just come back. You know, people tracked down his train. Where He always travels by rail. That's another thing. He never flies, never goes on um, really car trips. He always travels by train. And they found that his personal train recently went to some resort on the east coast of North Korea in the last week. He might be there. They don't know. There's a source out of China that said... Um, He's been afraid to go in the spotlight after a number of his personal bodyguards contracted the coronavirus, and now he's paranoid about that. Who knows? So much speculation, but 
it always it always disgusts me when I see the barrier between just you know looking at a situation and even having fun with some of the speculation and the what ifs and people taking that and abruptly saying that it's a fact and misleading the public and almost outright lying to them uh, that's a that's a bother to me it just seems like journalistic integrity sometimes is going out the door maybe it isn't but it's a twofold problem it's not like TMZ you know has was any sort of publication of standards it's not like there used to be a day when um, you know TMZ had the caliber of the New York Times or anything right TMZ was always a bit of a tabloid but it's the fact that people look at them and take it seriously uh, which is the problem so yeah we'll see we'll see what happens but sometimes I think it just gets out of control and people can't resist to perpetuate a rumor because they know it's going to get the clicks they know it's going to get the views and they run with it and it's just something that's just not something that I want to do I know for instance that if I titled if I release this in a timely matter or manner not matter manner timely manner get it up to YouTube while this rumor is still kind of going around and I titled this podcast uh, is Kim Jong-un dead you know or Kim Jong-un dead question mark what's next for North Korea and then you know is the thumbnail I don't know put like uh, you know Kim Jong-un and the North Korean flag or something <laughs> or you know if you really want to de degrade things you know you can get the North Korean flag as the background put Kim Jong-un put a big red X through him or a skull and crossbones over his face or something oh people will click people will click the views will go up but I wouldn't dare do that with this program because it's 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 just feeding into this some people will but I don't know I just can't with a good conscience I can't I just hope that there's going to be a day when uh, standards will be recognized. I know in some cases they are, it's just a shame. Some people, they wonder, how can... You know, fake news is a real thing. It's used so often as a political talking point nowadays. Or sometimes it's just used as a as a phrase to throw out at a, a news story that you disagree with you know and it happens on both sides happens you know cnn or the new york times publish something that may have merit but people don't like people will call it fake news and you know if fox news or whatever publishes something that people may have their disagreements with you'll have people that'll call that a lie and say it's it's fake or exaggerated or one thing so yeah people will use it in this day and age and it's a fairly new thing you know it's really 
that usage of the term fake news has only happened since 2016. You know, it started in a 2016 election. And I hate when something that really should be apolitical, because fake news is exist, does exist. Happens on the right, happens on the left, happens on the center. Sometimes it's just bad journalism. But I always hate it when a phrase that should really be apolitical is commandeered and is perceived as either a right-wing talking point or a left-wing talking point. And oh, you know, now all of a sudden if you use the word fake news, uh, it's clear that you're aligned with this belief or that belief. Uh, No, how about I think that this is just a complete lie and it has no factual merit and I'm just calling it out. But, you know, people jump the gun. That happens, it happens every day. Because we just don't have the ability. We're bombarded with so much information from one day to the next to the next. I, I think about how much info you take in every single day. Even if you just browse around on, say, social media for just 20 minutes. How many different posts and comments and videos and images and live streams or whatever is popular, uh, you see just how much is sent our way when you check the news, when you watch TV, when you watch YouTube, when you watch documentary, and we can't remember all of it. We can't sort through all of it. We don't have the time to fact check everything. Our minds, while they're capable of so much, we're not perfect. You know, it's just one of those things. We're not perfect. Things slip through. Now, I understand. We don't have the time to do some sort of quality control on every little thing. But it's just a shame. People jump the gun. We do we, we do that every day. So sometimes I think some rumors just get more out of control than others. We'll see, we'll see what info gets confirmed. But just take something that's wild speculation and say it's fact in a misleading clickbait headline and then not even to back down on it and try to justify it then spend the rest of the article um, backing down. Uh, just It gives an, an incorrect representation. But certainly got the views up, I bet. I'm sure, I'm sure it did. So that's what's going on there. Number two. And this one's about the uh, coronavirus. You know, I know, I know. Some people don't really want to hear about it, and I understand. I understand we get bombarded with it so much. So I promise I won't be all that long-winded. Um, but just about the the virus. Number one, let me just check some of the the latest updates. I'm just checking real quick. Sorry for the dead air. I know that's no that's no fun. But I just I want to make sure that I'm not missing anything. Let's just look. Okay. Okay. 
Well, everything seems in order there. It doesn't look like I really missed anything. All right. Sounds good. So, in regards to the virus, it's it's another one of those things where it became an issue of politics. Shouldn't be. Should be considered a common enemy. We could all get behind and unite against, but sometimes I really think about it, you know. One could say you have a broken system, you have a broken society, you have a broken country. We're faced with this very real problem. Did you really expect the response to be any different than how it is? At least the, the disjointed attitude amongst the public? Sometimes that's how I feel. Some days, I, I know, that's, that's not the case, but sometimes, sometimes I do. You end up going through... Uh, a transformation where I realize that many of the people listening to the show at this point, uh, you guys get it. You guys understand it. And there's no reason to try to sit there and, you know, berate someone like they're a, like they're a five-year-old child when, you know, there's, no, there's nothing to berate anyone for. It's like, you guys aren't the ones that are doing irresponsible things. Now, I know there's always exceptions and different viewpoints and stuff, but just seeing from the majority of the correspondents, so many of you guys listening, yeah, you have your frustrations, I get it, but you realize that it's, a, it's an issue, that you realize that this is a real problem, that it's a threat, and that it's... You know, it's it's got its risks. The thing that just makes me... Um... I don't know, despondent? In a way? Is when you see... Now, here here's the deal. When it comes to reopening things, of course things can't stay closed forever. Things can't stay... shut down indefinitely. We understand that. I think we all get that. We all we all know it. None of us sits there and says, yeah, keep it all closed down. Let everyone lose their jobs. Let everyone become homeless. Yeah, let's do that. Shut it all down forever. Right? We know we know we have to restart things to to some extent at some point. But I think a lot of people just get, they get this attitude where, and it's, it's not really the virus, that's, that's not the root of the problem, it's just, I think, a thought process that people have just had their whole lives. So of course it's, it's going to apply to various things, it's going to apply to, 
various situations. It's not just people's view on the virus. It's, it's just the way that they've always thought their whole lives. It's just how their minds are. It's how they are as people. But individuals get frustrated because this is a, a long-duration event. It's a problem that's longer than probably a, a lot of us have ever experienced before, at least a, in, in this unique way. And it's an invisible enemy. We can't see it. How, you know, it's like for some people, but I can't see it. So they think, yeah, maybe it's not a threat. Maybe the virus isn't here, right? How, you can't see it. You can't see it floating around in the air. You can't see who is an asymptomatic carrier or who isn't. You can't see which surfaces uh, the virus is on and which it isn't. So you don't know where the risks are. And some people, maybe they take it seriously, but they get frustrated of having to wear PPE out all the time, having to wipe down surfaces, having to live with the constant anxiety. That could be one thing that it's justified. It wears on us. It wears on all of us. It wears on me, and I'm sure it wears on you, too. Can just make us tired. But just because we, you know, we get worn down by it, doesn't mean that the threat of the virus isn't any any less than it previously was. But other people, they, they might be impatient. It's like, well, and again, I understand this, but sometimes you just have to say, yeah, but it's just not going to. And we have to understand that where people might get impatient and they might just say, well, I just want this thing to go away. And I want to go out and get a burger. And I want to go out and get a haircut. And I want to go to the dog grooming. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at that. Let's regain our composure here. Yeah, sorry, it just cracked me up when... <laughs> Not gonna, not gonna say it. The uh, dog grooming place, or uh, you know the salon or whatever, go down to the beach, and um, you know forget the social distancing. I don't want to do it anymore. I'm sick of it. And people will eventually get to the point where they're so fed up. I'll say, fine. I'll take the risk of a risk of getting this debilitating condition um, because I want that sense of normalcy to return. The one thing that interests me is that in some cases, not all, not all, but some individuals who really want an end to the social distancing aren't people who need to get to work to get another paycheck, but people who want to get something done for them. Uh, they want to get their burgers. They want to get their hair cut. They want to get uh, their dog groomed or whatever. Uh, they want to get tended to in this way. It's not about going and getting a paycheck so you can pay the rent, or pay the bills, or feed uh, you or your family, but it's to get something done unto them. You know, it's just this frustration, I think. People want, they they miss that, they want that. 
and uh, as a result, a lot of people want to see things reopen. So you have these different sides, these different viewpoints, these different ideas and plans, and it's just so funny. It's like one state to the next. Oh, this state is going to do this. This state is just going to do a 180-degree opposite, and it's it's kind of funny how it is. It's from one to the next, but when you see some of these attitudes, there's nothing wrong with trying to be positive and having cautious optimism. Sometimes on a public platform such as YouTube, like I saw, like I tried to say, and again, we, you know, there were some issues with delivery, but in the video that I did last week on the main channel about the virus, I tried to be cautiously optimistic. I wanted to say that this isn't the end of the world, and that there will be a time when things get better, but that's not going to happen overnight. You know, because that's true. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with cautious optimism in this case. That maybe there will be a day when you can look back at this whole thing and think, well, it's uh, it was crazy, but we made it through, and, you know, so on. Nothing wrong with cautious optimism. The, the, two, the two points that I kind of disagree with a little bit is saying, number one, uh, that this virus is going to kill every last person because I just don't think that's going to happen. Or B, to say, oh, this virus never existed in the first place and uh, let's just fling wide the doors and um, get everyone back out. You see, I disagree with both of those points. I try to put myself in the middle, you know, I think this virus is going to be around for a while. And I think that there's going to be a second wave. People act like the first wave is over. It's not. The first wave isn't even over yet. And then the sad thing to me, what, what kind of, not depressed, but just despondent, is when you see people on the news and stuff who are celebrating and thinking that, uh, we beat COVID-19, that it's over, uh, that things are going to get back to normal right away, and, uh, you know, wow, this is a crazy, uh, you know, month and a half, but uh, we got through this, and it's everything's going to get back to normal now, and I can still take my vacation in, you know, a month, and uh, the number of deaths is just going to go down and down and down, you know, and Everything's going to be, is going to be better, and it's already getting better. And when I see those viewpoints, it makes me sad. Because I just, I, I don't think that's the case. This is my opinion. I don't, we don't have a crystal ball. Nobody does. But when I look at the situation, I just see this premature celebration, and I dread... I mean, I just dread it. Now, I hope, number one, two weeks from now with the short term, but especially months from now, if you want to talk about a second wave, I dread 
the attitude if all of the cases because I don't know if they will or if they won't I'm very much convinced that they will but I have nothing to prove that it's just my view I just dread the outlook when everyone starts celebrating as they already are thinking that this is over and that life is going to be normal and then the number of cases start going up again and then the number of deaths starts going up again you know I, I mean when you think about it it, you know, even though I said at first I didn't really think it was depressing, I mean, it's distressing, and in a way it is depressing. And it's just something that I hope never happens, but I, part of me, not all of me, but I would say, you know, probably 95% of me feels it's an inevitability. And it's just sad, you know, when you see people prematurely celebrating and admitting victory when it's just, in my opinion, not the case. I mean, I surely hope it is. I just don't see how we, we beat this thing when the number of cases hasn't even gone down in the United States. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I'm stuck in a movie. Like, no, what if none of this is really real? I'm talking about the whole world. What if this really is some sort of simulation? Because sometimes it feels... It sure feels like it. It's like it all feels too... Too cliched, you know? It's like... This is something straight out of a damn movie. And I know this is reality, but sometimes it just doesn't... You know? It just feels so surreal. I suppose what happens, happens. You know, the course is set that... The ship has sailed. Which one is it? Who's to say, but talking about it and complaining about it isn't going to change anything, right? And it's always sad. I never like seeing the, the premature celebration because it's just, it's, it's just sad to watch. Of course, on an individual level, but when you're looking at it on a societal level, it's hard to even describe it in words, and I've tried my best, and even that's difficult because it's just, on this level, it's unlike anything I've ever seen. I'll say this, I hope, I hope the people who want to, to get everything back to normal and are willing to throw caution at the wind are right, and maybe things are better, I highly disagree, I have my doubts, and as for me, I'm not going to risk it. I'll tell you this, I am not going to stop wearing um, PPE when I go outside until there's a vaccine. Now people will say, oh, you're so stupid, you're so ignorant. Oh, you believe in the vaccines. Oh, you're wearing the PPE because you're a coward. Well, throw it at me. Call me an effing idiot while you're at it. Throw, put the cherry on top. Go ahead, sure. And then I'm an idiot. I'm a stupid fool. And I'm an idiot. That's fine by me. My decision to do these things, and it's your decision to call me out on it. Well, that's it. People are so hostile. But I am supportive of vaccines. I think that they really do work. And I, I really, I think that they do. And 
if or when a vaccine for COVID-19 is, you know, successful, you better believe I'm going to get it. It's just common sense to me. Now, if you're an anti-vaxxer, I'm not going to argue with you. Like I said, if you want to call me out and swear at me and call me an idiot or clueless or whatever, fine. But I support vaccines and I stand by it. That's it. End of story. But like I said, I'm just not going to risk it. Not going to. And it, it is not going to go away until there is a successful vaccine. COVID-19 is here to stay. Um, but in a best case scenario, it, you know, maybe it'll burn itself out. There's always that chance. In terms of traveling, traveling by air, I'm not going to do any of that uh, until it gets to the point where, you know, instead of thousands and thousands and thousands of cases popping up everywhere, maybe it gets to the point where there's just, you know, a cluster down in Miami and um, maybe there's 20 cases out in Ohio and everywhere else is kind of clear. Uh, I'm still just, I'm not going to stop wearing a mask and gloves and all that stuff uh, for the indefinite future. It's just my, my choice. I'm, you know, that's just life from now on for me. And I mean, once it gets to that point, when again, the number of cases might be few and far between, then I might feel comfortable, you know, doing the air travel and all that. But I don't know, the people who want Disney, for example, to reopen and be packed right now, I can't see the rationale behind it. I'm sorry, I just can't. You know, people are packed in there like sardines. And they can do the social distancing and try to, but I don't know how. But, you know, the economy here in Central Florida is dead. And this state is going to get hit hard. I would say Vegas and Central Florida, probably two of the places that are going to be worst impacted in the country financially. I don't want to talk about this anymore. No, I, I just don't. Yeah, it's one of those topics that's run its course for the show. So, uh, let me check the time right now. That's 4.55, you know? As I've been sitting here talking, one of my radio broadcasts is going out right now. It's a repeat, of course, but a repeat of the uh, Saturday show. And uh, in the room that I'm, I'm here doing, you know, I have my recording equipment and all that. And uh, I have a portable radio on the shelf here that I use to sometimes monitor the uh, broadcast if the signal comes in. Now, it's not always the case because it skips over me a lot of the time, but let's do a little monitoring, shall we? 7780 kilohertz is the frequency. Oh, there's my show. Right at the end there is some music. Okay. Well, it came through in the last... In the last minute. Alright, very weak signal, but good to know it's going out. Alright. Well, that's good. That's good. Some people might say, well, where's this broadcast going to? And, um... This one is every Sunday from 5 to 6. And, um... 
goes out on WRMI 7780 kHz on the shortwave. And uh, this one is beamed up from Florida with uh, 100 kilowatts. It's beamed up the East Coast. And um, this one doesn't really have the biggest coverage area, but, you know, a couple people listen, so it's, it's one that I've had established for a long time, and it works anyway, you know, it, it works. It's, it's targeted toward Europe, but the signal just doesn't really get there. It's, that's the thing. Uh, the signal for this one always falls short. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, way short. At this time. Now, later on, this broadcast, the same frequency can get you all the way to the Middle East. But for now, because it's daylight, um, just the way this frequency acts and all that stuff, you know, it, uh, this broadcast mostly usually skips over Florida, and then the broadcast starts uh, coming in around uh, Georgia, mostly around the coast of Georgia, you know, Savannah, Georgia. Uh, then it starts getting stronger in South Carolina. Uh, then the signal is usually strongest in um, North Carolina and Virginia. Uh, and remaining, you know, fair to good uh, throughout the Mid-Atlantic uh, into New England. And then uh, as it gets into coastal um, Canada, the east coast of Canada, it starts fading out again. So that's the coverage area. And uh, usually some good feedback comes in for it. So we've kept it. Um, after my show, I don't know if we'll be able to hear it or not. Hear her talking in Spanish. That's um, Radio Taiwan International. It's from the, the government of Taiwan. They actually, um, they bought the, the hour of air time after mine and uh, have their Spanish language broadcast. So that's from Radio Taiwan international. Uh, China, of course, hates Radio Taiwan, you know, and they try to aggressively jam every last broadcast of theirs, but thankfully the Chinese jammers or whatever haven't picked up on this one yet, so <laughs> so far so good. But hey, it's, it's good to see Radio Taiwan there. Good to see them. Let's see what else is on the shortwave right now. Why not? Haven't haven't done this in a long time, but it's fun sometimes. Let's see what's on the airwaves. Got Radio Taiwan there. Okay. So starting with the Great Depression. And starting with the kids of that generation, because of their malnutrition. Oh, this is Dr. Wong. He's one of those uh, pseudoscience. He, he he has a PhD, if even. I don't think he does. And claims he's a doctor and claims he has all these cures and whatnot. Anymore because fertility levels have sunk to the point where in 19... You know, the Chinese don't have that. Or... This group doesn't believe that. Well, uh, actually... Here's Alex Jones. Radio Havana, Cuba. Radio Marti. Radio Nacional de España with their uh, interval signal. 
Italy has the second highest death toll at 26,384. Voice of Turkey with the coronavirus news. The virus has spread to the at least 185 countries. Weak signal out of Saudi Arabia. And uh, let's just check another uh, for the fun of it. Non-profit cycling without age, or CWA, founded in 2012. By There's a Supreme Master TV, which is just I don't know. I, I can't even under understand what their goal is. I know they're very. They're vegan, but then, and there's nothing wrong with that, but then it's like there's some sort of religious cult as well, and they're out of, I think, Vietnam, maybe Cambodia, but they're just an odd, an odd group. There's Brother Stary, absolutely evil person, should be in prison. There's WWCR, 6115. I don't know what station this is. This one's out of Saudi Arabia with the Quran. And I believe this is Radio Nacional de uh, Amazonia, a national radio station out of Brazil. For uh, listeners, of course, in the rural areas. And, uh, well, that's about it. You know, I could go on a lot more, but those are just a couple stations that... Yeah, for the fun of it. For the fun of it. Why not? A little bit of a buffer. So, yeah, there you have it. Mixed bag. Of course, a lot of religious um, programs and uh, a lot of crazy conspiracy theorist um, programs, too. And, you know, I'll be the first, uh, I'll admit it, I, I listen to some of those shows, a lot of the time for the entertainment value, a lot of the time. Uh, always interesting to see, you know, just what's what's going on. And uh, sometimes you tune in and you hear some very unexpected stuff. For instance, I was tuning into one of those, you know, medical programs, of which there are a lot, um, as you would imagine, uh, with the coronavirus and all that. And I was listening to this guy talking about how he had some sort of magical, you know, root or something that he claimed cures the coronavirus. And then all of a sudden, without missing a beat, he goes right into the next sentence, um, advocating uh, using violence against government officials for no reason. Just out of the blues, a so out of place. It was like, did I really just hear that? You know, it's one of those things that's absurd. You might say, you know, how do all these groups 
because, you know, you tune in on the shortwave and a lot of the stuff you hear might be, um, you know, you hear a mix of like the international stations, right? Like um, Radio Nacional de España, uh, which is Spain's uh, international broadcaster, you know, or, or national broadcaster. It's their international service is down because of the virus right now. So it's just the national relay, but they're very reputable, you know, well-funded. Uh, you got Radio Nacional de Amazonia uh, out of Brazil, of course, another uh, well-respected um, entity, which I have to say, uh, they released, and I think I might have mentioned this already. I don't know if I did or not. And if I did in the last show, I, I apologize. I just don't remember or not. I'll keep it quick. Uh, they released a video on YouTube. Now, it's in Portuguese, but you could use the auto-translate um, closed captions and translate it to English. And while it's not perfect, you could pretty much understand what they're, what they're saying pretty well and follow it, at least. And uh, it was a really good video. I mean, I really... I gave it a like. I, I really... I liked it. And it was just really respectable of them... Because you have so many of these broadcasters that forget that some audiences still listen to them on shortwave, even in 2020. Anyway, they just made this really nice video where they um, went to some of the rural villages in the um, Amazon area, which is so huge. And they were just going to some of the remote uh, villages. They were going to some of the remote communities, and they were just interviewing people uh, who listen to their station. All of them just listen only on the shortwave, because that's the only signal that they can get. And They were showing what radios they use, and how important the broadcasts are to them, and how it's still a window to the world, and it wasn't like they were just cherry-picking, you know, with one person. I mean, there were a lot that they were interviewing, and it was just a really nice video. It was really, really Good to see them make something like that and show that it's still used. So, anyway, I respect them. They have a lot of good programs. Um, Voice of Turkey, also, they, they do a pretty good job. You have that. But then you also have um, all these other shows. Like, again, that guy I was telling you about, that one medical show, uh, Dr. Wong. You have um, Alex Jones. You have these all these religious networks. You might say this is kind of an in interesting juxtaposition between those types of shows uh, opposed to all these, you know, high-power, high-budget government broadcasters, right? Also, like um, Radio Taiwan International. Uh, so how do all these other people get on the air? Uh, well, the answer is simple, and yeah, it's the same way that I get on the air. In the United States... Uh, shortwave radio is a business. You have a number of stations, uh, WINB in Pennsylvania, WBCQ in Maine, WWCR, WTWW, WWRB in Tennessee, WHRI in South Carolina, WRMI in Florida, and uh, KVOH in California. All of them sell their airtime. And uh, that's how they make money. That's how they stay on the air. They're commercial stations. And uh, it's not like, you know, they're syndicated with uh, iHeartRadio or some conglomerate. And uh, no, no, they just... All of these stations sell their airtime. And they say, well, 
we can sell it by the hour, we can sell it by the half hour, and we could sell it in 15-minute blocks, where we can sell you 12 hours of airtime. You know, let us know where you want to broadcast to, and we'll hook you up, and uh, we'll sell the airtime for a price, and uh, you can get your show on the air. And uh, shortwave radio is neglected by the FCC, so there's no rules. Uh, there's no filters. There's no restrictions. Uh, so as a result, and it goes both ways, uh, you know, you have some brilliant independent programs. Sadly, those are in decline, but there's still a good number. Um, but also, it goes both ways. Um, you can get programs that are extremely offensive, and, you know, there's no filter. A lot of the stations, uh, their policy is, uh, you know, you can say anything you want. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is, how vulgar it is, how offensive it is. Uh, you can say absolutely anything. As long as you pay your bill, uh, we will air it uninterrupted. That's how it works. So it's kind of like the Wild West, and it works both ways. But that's why you get what you get. And if you have a radio and you kind of wonder, why are there so many religious ministries? Well, uh, for many of these ministries, their, their objective is to try to just reach as many people as possible. And uh, shortwave is a pretty cost-effective means of doing that. So that's why there's so many religious ministries. Uh, as for conspiracy theorists, uh, lots of them are drawn to uh, shortwave because, number one, the medium can be uh, listened to uh, anonymously. You know, no one can track down your radio. There's nothing. You are completely anonymous. No one knows you're listening. So, number one, that sense of security, I think, is welcomed. And number two, it has roots back to the 1990s with stations like WWCR that just got a huge um, following uh, just in those uh, communities, in those circles back then, and uh, had some very prominent programs. And it just kind of has continued on to this day. Uh, so that's why some of those groups are still drawn to uh, shortwave radio. Um, but then you have a third group of uh, more independent programs. Uh, and I'll throw my show in, in that group, you know, like VORW. Uh, you also have a, a good show out there called uh, From the Isle of Music. It's just a Cuban music show. Uh, that's really cool. Uh, there's Encore, which is a classical music program. Uh, you have another uh, good music show called uh, This Is a Music Show. And uh, the guy there plays uh, a lot of vinyl tracks. Uh, they're just really eclectic, really cool stuff that you've never, probably never heard before. But uh, it's really good. And um, lots of other good shows. You have the uh, Alan Sane show. He, uh, he plays kind of... Uh, you know, classic rock, sometimes uh, 80s, 90s stuff. You have, uh, so you know, and then you have uh, some of the broadcast stations that, well, they sell their airtime. You know, the staff has a little bit of fun, too. and It's good on them to, you know, do that. 
you know, we're WWCR, which uh, is one of the stations I work with, and they're a good station. You know, some people have their disagreements with some of the programming that they air, but their management are good people. And uh, I say that from experience. They're just, they're very nice. They're, they're a really good crew over there in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, I work with them. I have uh, one of my broadcasts that goes out on their shortwave at uh, 6115 kilohertz. But then I also go out on one of their uh, 50 kilowatt AM transmitters, WNQM 1300. So it's just, they're, they're a good station and they always get the signal out, but their management is very laid back. Their management is uh, just very relaxed, very understanding, and they have a bit of fun too. They, um, you know, of course, as, as is expected with a station out of Nashville, uh, they do a country music program that just the management does called uh, Worldwide Country Radio. Uh, they also do a, a show called Ask WWCR, which uh, they just kind of, <laughs> and they just talk for like 15 minutes. They just, uh, just have a chat. Um, they open up the email. They just take uh, listener emails, listener questions, and uh, they just shoot the breeze for, you know, a little while and just have fun. Sometimes they'll do special editions of that. That'll be an hour long. They'll just play some music, too. And uh, no, they're relaxed. And uh, WRMI here in uh, Florida uh, also kind of does their own segments where uh, for a couple hours each night they play uh, oldies music, mostly 60s, 70s, and 80s. And uh, it's just a good variety of music, a good playlist that they pick out. So sometimes you have the management of these stations, which even though they kind of sell the airtime to lots of different groups, they're very laid back, very relaxed, and... uh, WRMI. They're a good station, too. Their management is fantastic. and That's where most of my broadcasts uh, go out of, believe it or not. Speaking of, before we get into the email, so I do have a couple pieces of listener feedback I want to get to. Um, but right now the computer is busy because I'm doing some video editing. kind of have it going on its own, because I, I, I did the editing, but it just takes a while for it to process and whatever, just, you know, you do all the edits, but then you have to get it made into a high-resolution video, and the most recent video I've done, the um, pizza review for the, um, what's that, the California Pizza Kitchen one, which is great pizza. I just, I wish that you could taste some of the things a little more, but for frozen pizza, the thing was good. I was a fan of it. And I'm not a big thin crust, you know, pizza fanatic. But, wow, it was good. Yeah. But anyway, I got that editing now. So that's just, you know, it takes up a lot of the, um, I don't know, the CPU. It just makes the computer run a little slower because the editing program just tries to use it all to just get it done efficiently. And it's fine. I figure, hey, it doesn't bother me any. It's the best time to record then. Just get the mic, talk, and get two... Get, get two things done for the price of one. Get the video editing done instead of just sitting there and doing nothing. Let's get a good show recorded, too. Why not? Being productive. Trying to, anyway. One would argue this isn't being productive in the least, and uh, perhaps that argument is very much justified. But anyway, on this topic 
of radio stuff, why not? Then we'll, uh, <clears throat> I think we'll drop it after that, maybe go to one more topic, and then we'll just get to a couple listener emails. Oh, by the way, before we get into this next uh, segment, the email is open for feedback. If you have any miscellaneous questions, um, comments, or feedback, pieces of feedback, Feel free to send it in. Whenever, here's a guarantee. If you ever hear me do a show with this microphone, it's always open lines. Now, email in with anything you want, any fan mail, anything you want to do. Um, feel free to send it in, though. You could talk about anything. If you have any questions about current events, if you want to talk about the coronavirus, that's fine. You want to ask a, a question or bring up a point about radio, that's fine. If you want to talk about sweaters, go for it. Anything sweater-related? If you want to talk about um, wicker baskets, go for it. If you want to talk about cars or water or flying fish or anything, anything. What you, if there's anything you want to submit, any questions you got, any topics you want to raise, uh, did you read anything interesting in the news? Did you read anything interesting on Wikipedia lately? Anything you want to share? You know? When I say open lines, I mean it. If there's literally anything, go for it. You can contribute. I'll get to it in the next show. V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com That's V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com And, uh, yeah. Go for it. V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. If you want to talk about movies, that's fine. Anything. The more the merrier. I'm going to do another show like this in the near future, I think, because these are fun to do. Take advantage of it while that, while that motivation is, uh, is there. And, uh, you know, I've got... It's weird. I felt like my energy has been <clears throat> dwindling lately. But I got the energy to do these shows, so take advantage of it. Anything, anything you got, go for it. V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. Speaking of movies, I know it's still a fairly recent film, so I don't really want to, you know, be one of those jerks and give away a bunch of spoilers or anything. But uh, I finally got around to seeing um, the Joker movie. I know it's been a while. You know, but finally saw it. Finally did. Wow, it was a great film. It was fantastic. Number one, Joaquin Phoenix's uh, acting is... That was phenomenal. So convincing. Number two, uh, I was not one of those people that... You know, you could tell. I, I thought the film was great. Uh, some people were... They, they criticized it. They thought, oh, I hated it. I thought it was too sad. I thought it was too dark. Um, not at all. Not at all. People need to know, you know, understand the whole point of the film, the whole concept of the film, you know? And a lot of things, a lot of the attitudes in it, you know? You really do see that in the world. That's not to say that what he did... Uh, was right or anything that I would ever condone doing, but it should show what drives some people to that point. 
Because it's just like a... Com it's just a bombardment of one thing after the next. You know? But I only have uh, good things to say about the movie. Now, you don't go in expecting it to be a happy film, because it's not. But, uh, you know, it's, it's certainly... I think some people would call it depressing. But it's a dark film. But again, look at it. And, uh, you know, I think there's some truth to it. You know, the film takes place in the very early 1980s. And uh, while things certainly have gotten better since then, uh, some of those attitudes uh, still exist for sure. I've seen them firsthand. But one thing, and this isn't a spoiler at all, um, you know, one, one thing that does end up playing a role in the film is uh, like a late-night talk show called The Murray Franklin Show. And, uh, oh gosh, it was, that was fantastic. You know, it was, it was a throwback to Johnny Carson, you know, the Johnny Carson Show. And as soon as I, thought, I saw it, because I always liked Johnny Carson, I never, obviously I was too young to ever watch him when he was still going, but, uh, you know, for a time I would watch some of his old shows, and um, even recently uh, on YouTube I'd watch some of the segments, and I always liked uh, Johnny Carson, you know, because the late night shows nowadays, I'm just not a fan. I'm just not a fan of any of them. I don't know, just they're all so... It's just not my cup of tea. Because um, I watch over-the-air television... And I always watch the 11 o'clock news. And uh, a lot of the time after I'm, I'm done with that, uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live comes on right after. And I always change the channel right away. I don't have anything against him. It's just I, uh, the show just isn't my thing. But that's fine, you know? I always like the Johnny Carson show. And uh, as soon as I saw... Oh, it, was, it was a throwback to it. You know, they got the curtain and... Everything and even uh, when he when he uh, the host comes out, you know he starts it off doing this thing. Not you know, but you could tell it's just very reminiscent of the uh, golf swing. You know that Johnny Carson always did to to start off his show. Oh, that was great. The whole aesthetic of the film too was uh, was nice. You know, it's kind of of course you know Gotham City. That's the, that's the universe it takes place in, but. Of course, you know, it's based on New York City from the time. And I've always liked that aesthetic of New York City. You know, it's when it had... Yeah, it wasn't the best place back then. But it certainly had that city feel to it. It's a, a totally different place now, but it was just a good film. If you get the chance to watch it, I recommend it. But, you know, just know what you're in for. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a dark movie. It's going to be a dark one. It's going to be heavy. So get ready for that. You know, just brace yourself. Don't go in expecting it to be some sort of superhero movie. Um, because, my God, it's not. Uh, not in any way, shape, or form, is it? And I think that's also why I liked it so much. Because normally I would never even watch uh, a film in that cinematic universe. Because I'm just not a superhero person. I don't know. I've just never... Never been one. Uh, I just like the more... I don't know. I've just never been into them. But uh, because this is not, you know, a superhero movie, I think that's why I like it so much. So...
give it a shot if you want. And uh, that's a tangent on my end. Uh, otherwise, on a bit of a um, final note, before we uh, get into some of the, the feedback, some of the listener comments and emails and stuff. So, there is a change that I am making uh, to my radio show, which, you know, I, I said I kind of do that in conjunction with this now. I really do. Uh, you know, where I do a lot of discussion on the coronavirus, that's where the international mailbag comes from. Um, play some good music, too, to try to lighten the mood a little bit. It's just a, a lot of listeners out there enjoy it. Uh, you know, it was always difficult to get a good signal to Europe. And uh, it's always, you know, what can you do? And there's one broadcast that I've had in the mornings, every morning, well, every Thursday morning, not every morning, on uh, 15770 kilohertz uh, from WRMI here in Florida, uh, beamed up toward Europe. And while the signal makes it into Europe, it's just reception is just very, it's very variable from week to week. And just the correspondence just isn't, uh, isn't extremely high. And those who tune in uh, usually tell me that reception fluctuates week to week. So for instance, um, there was a listener in Sweden who wrote in two weeks ago, said, oh yeah, the signal's coming in excellent, it's crystal clear. Then the next week he writes in and says, oh, I could barely hear anything this time. And then uh, the week after that he writes in, you know, this uh, most recent Thursday and says, uh, yeah, you know, I can't hear anything. Uh, is the transmitter working? You know, what's going on? And um, it's a set that... That frequency and the distance that the, the signal travels just has a tough time. It makes it to Europe, but just reliably, it's just it's difficult right now. So, seeing if there's a more cost-effective option, and uh, just in terms of any greater reliability, uh, there's a station in Central Europe that I, I had originally, I had some problems back in... 2017 with them, but everything got worked out since then, and uh, we were able to see through any issues that might have happened um, back then, so that was great. You know, things are things are better. There was an issue at first, but things are mended, and uh, you just move forward, which is fine. Um, there's a station in uh, Germany called Channel 292, and they've got a 10-kilowatt uh, transmitter on uh, a good frequency. And their airtime is much more uh, inexpensive. So I contacted them and uh, asked if I could do a, a test broadcast, you know, for one hour um, on Saturday. So I did. The response was great. Uh, lots of emails came in from, and I didn't even publicize it. And that's just something that I do. I just want to see how many people are listening in just off the bat, without, you know, trying to overly promote anything. And uh, it worked out good. We've got um, listeners all across Germany uh, writing in. Uh, Czech Republic had listeners in the UK, uh, France, Italy, um, Netherlands, Belgium. So it was just, it was great. Uh, seems to just be coming in good across all of Central Europe. 
uh, seems to be a popular listening time too. So I'm going to make the change, and I think I'm going to uh, drop the slot on the Thursday mornings, um, be able to save a little bit, you know, for the broadcast to begin with, and make a cost-effective change that I think is going to just, it's going to be a win-win. It's going to help sustain the show, but it's going to get a better signal uh, for our listening audience in uh, Europe as well. And I think it's going to be at a good time, something that I think all you guys could listen to. Uh, It's going to be every Saturday on the frequency of 6070 kilohertz, that's 6.070 megahertz, in the 49-meter shortwave band, that would be 4 p.m. BST, so for listeners in London, uh, say that would be 4 in the afternoon. For listeners uh, across Central Europe, say in Berlin, Germany, uh, that would come out, of course, to 5 p.m. Uh, in the afternoon. And then for any listeners in Eastern Europe, say in Kiev, Ukraine, uh, that would be 6 p.m. Uh, so again, every Saturday, Uh, at the time of 4 p.m. for listeners in the UK, 5 p.m. for listeners in Central Europe, and 6 p.m. for listeners in Eastern Europe. Those are local times. Uh, For UTC, that would be 1500 UTC. Again, the frequency is 6070 kilohertz. That's 6.070 megahertz. And our reception should be good. Results were very, very promising last Saturday, and uh, I am making the change where uh, I will be getting um, rid of the one airing on Thursdays in the morning, and uh, I'm just going to be switching to this Europe-based Channel 292 site um, because the costs are lower, and it seems to just be doing a great job uh, reaching a lot of listeners already uh, across the exact target area that I want to reach. So that's good. And I know that Channel 292 is a popular station because I've used them in the past. Um, I used them in 2016, 2017, and for a short period in 2019. And every time the broadcast goes out without fail, even if you don't promote it, we'd always hear from new listeners every time. So you know when you get that. There's there's an audience. There's people tuned in. And uh, Channel 292, they... uh, you know, they're a European station, but they kind of uh, have the American business model where they sell their airtime by the hour. But instead of lots of crazy shows, they have a lot of good music shows. Uh, that seems to be more popular in Europe. And uh, they have lots and lots of good um, music shows on their transmitters. So I think that's why they're able to build up a good audience, you know, because listeners kind of know, oh, yeah. I can go to them for some good music, and they're kind of always there, so that's why it's always good to be on them. But that's just the change that I'm going to make. But I I see it as a win-win, especially just in these difficult financial times. I think it's just a wise decision. You know, it's just making sure we're able to reach the listeners and able to do so at a cost-effective means. But look, this wouldn't even be possible to uh, to do if it weren't for your support. If it weren't for your support, truth be told, with ad rates as they are and the situation being what it is, that wouldn't be possible. So the next time you tune into that broadcast and you're able to see uh, that it's coming in good and 
maybe it's maybe it'll be the best signal that you've ever been able to get in Europe of my show. Who's to say? Just know that that's only possible thanks to the support from listeners just like you. If you want to help that continue and allow not only, of course, the radio broadcasts, but also this podcast, the two of them go hand in hand. If you'd like to see more good shows like this continue, uh, consider supporting the broadcast with a donation via PayPal to V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com or via Patreon at patreon.com slash the report of the week. So uh, that's what we have. But thank you to all those of you who've supported the broadcast. And uh, none of this would be possible if it weren't for your help. So thank you so much. Uh, on one final note, and this is just a quick one. When it was coming down to uh, cost-effective managing uh, for the broadcasts, uh, originally I had my sights set. I wasn't even thinking at the time about uh, Channel 292 in Germany and um, moving the European broadcast. But I was just thinking, you know, if funds continue going down and whatnot, and let's say I need to move to a um, more inexpensive uh, provider to just try to keep things going, you know, as, uh, you know, by the bare basics, if that's what it comes down to. There's a station in the U.S., and what I always do sometimes is if it's a very negative point, but it's for, uh, you know, let's say something that I I still have respect for, uh, I'm not going to call them out, you know, by name, but might not stop me from talking about it. So, there's a station in the U.S. that I'm not on right now, and I have great respect for them. I support what they do, I support their message, and uh, I've been on them in the past, and, you know, it's been good experiences. So, that's why I was kind of looking to them again, because I also... Uh, their airtime is usually very affordable, some of the most affordable of any station. Uh, which is why, of course, that's with funding as it is, I was kind of looking and I was thinking, well, maybe if I need to drop some of the higher power broadcasts and go with them, you know, just to keep the show going if need be, right? That makes sense, you know? Have to look at what you can afford, what uh, you can manage in these times. So I was, uh, you know, I, I contacted them. And, uh, you know, said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm back. I'm seeing what you guys can, uh, can do. You know, I, I asked about the days and, um, you know, times that might, might be of interest, you know, if they have any free airtime then and, uh, what their quoted rate is. And I was very dismayed when I received a response, uh, telling me that their airtime rate is, uh, now... 100% higher than it was the last time that I worked with them. Something that at that instant um, made it very clear to me that uh, this is, you know, I have to cross it off the list for the time being. And I imagine I understand why why they gave me such a drastically higher quote. And, you know, I mean, I've um, been on and off with them for five years. And I would only assume that it's been that high because, well, let's face it, a business might be tough for them too. And perhaps with fewer clients, you know, they're trying to make up the losses by increasing 
their airtime rate. But in doing so, that turned away, you know, probably me and probably other clients who might be turning to them, you know, knowing that they usually had a better deal and a better rate. But now as they uh, increase that to a rate that rivals and in some cases is higher than even these high power uh, stations that I use right now to get my show out, you know, I just had to say, I'm sorry, you know, I can't, I can't do that at this time. You know, I hope you understand, but I just can't work with that. But just kind of blindsided me, you know, to see such a, a great increase, um, especially from a station like that. So, who's to say? This is what I noticed, anyway. And that's when I started looking at other alternatives, and I thought, well, you know, let's say a few West-based options aren't looking good, uh, how about overseas? And that's when I remembered um, the station in Germany, and that's when I was able to strike a deal with them and get this uh, great relay in Europe set up. And as a result, you know, starting in May, I can, uh, you know, just drop the one broadcast in the morning. It'll just be a great, um, you know, this is a this is the example of a good cutback. A lot of the time there isn't such a thing, but I'm cutting something back only to have something else pop up that better serves that area, you know, so... It's like, well, there's no, there's no loss. Uh, it, you know, just works out good. It's another thing to cut something back and just leave everyone to twist in the wind. But in this case, that's not, that's not what's happening. So it works out very well. Works out very nicely. And uh, with that, again, hope you could tune in if you got a radio. Uh, yeah, check out the uh, new broadcast to uh, Europe every Saturday. Every Saturday, 6070 kilohertz so tune in and hey uh, if you do manage to catch the show especially early on uh, if you could just send in a reception report just let me know how the reception is for you v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com it's the same email as this you know for this show Uh, i just you know tie it all together for organization so uh, yeah if you pick it up Uh, Just let me know how the signal's coming in. It'd be really helpful and really good to know. And uh, if you don't have a radio, but you still want to listen in, uh, the one online shortwave receiver, though, you can just look up WebSDR, and the one in um, the Netherlands, it's usually the first result on Google. It's so easy to find. Uh, The one in the Netherlands there, the online shortwave radio, uh, I monitored it through that, and um, comes in great on that site. So if you want any instructions on how to listen on the online shortwave radio, uh, just shoot shoot me an email and I'll uh, guide you through the process. It's super easy. I'll just give you a link, click on it, and there you go. So, wow, that's easy. So happy to help. And um, otherwise, you know, just go there, type in 6070, um, listen at the right time, and you'll hear it there too. But hopefully it'll be a fun, uh, fun way to yeah, something to listen to every Saturday, right? All right, and with that, that's all that I got. So uh, let's crack open the mailbag and uh, let's get to some miscellaneous feedback from our lovely listening audience. All right, well, into the uh, into the mailbag we go. Let's just get right into it, shall we? First uh, email, and, and this is just a mixture of uh, questions, comments, and just general emails. 
There we go. First one up is from Tim. Says, uh, hello, I enjoyed the new podcast quite a bit. The international mailbag and separate miscellaneous talk is a great format. And also don't feel bad about asking for money when there's a need for it. Uh, I plan on donating this month uh, because I listened to many of your old VORW shows when I was in quarantine uh, due to coronavirus. Uh, Now I've made a full recovery and I'm back to work. Thanks for the entertaining broadcast, and best of luck with your future endeavors. So thank you, Tim. And uh, number one, uh, you know, you made it. Uh, Obviously, with so much talk about the coronavirus, uh, you powered through it, and uh, more power to you. Good to hear that that you're able to recover, and uh, you're feeling feeling good. But uh, thank you so much for your support, Tim. And uh, really, you know, like I've said before, but I'll say it again, Every individual that does donate and does support the broadcast, every little bit helps. You know, if everyone kind of comes together, it's that collective effort that really, you know, gets to that goal, uh, achieves it, attains it, and uh, that's what helps keep it going. But thank you, Tim. Uh, This email is, uh, has a couple good questions. I saw this one and I thought, oh, this is a good one. Uh, It's from Maya. She says... Do you think success on YouTube is not just the person itself, but also the dependency on a specific surrounding and life situation? Meaning, uh, if you change these things, the magic power around you could disappear. I begin with a true story to explain what I mean. Uh, Then I ask a few questions and I really hope you could answer them. One of the biggest YouTubers begun her career in a regular two-room apartment in the suburbs. She talked about social anxiety mixed with casual shopping at regular places, and she was almost always alone. People saw her as the friend online. And she wasn't working, she was living on sick leave, and the apartment and her life were relatable to many. Uh, When her follower number began to rise, she also became rich and started several collaborations per week with every company that reached out to her. She started to show up uh, with some friends in her videos, became more social and uh, carefree in general. She was a new person. And with all the new amount of money, she decided to move into a big, exclusive apartment with her boyfriend instead of living by herself in a less exclusive home. Her lovely days were officially over, and her former self was nowhere to be found. Uh, She showed no signs of anxiety anymore, and she was oddly happy, and it never changed. The old followers started to unfollow her, and said they didn't find her interesting anymore. The authenticity was gone, she became unrelatable. So, number one, I appreciate the anecdote, um, because that's something that I think you've seen... Uh, a lot on YouTube. And, uh, I mean, some people, you know, their life just changed. It's not like they're doing that to say, yeah, I'm going to give the middle finger to all the people who were following from the beginning, you know? It's just their life situation changes, and with opportunities comes an evolution, uh, which, you know, some people disagree with. Uh, But anyway, we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, A few questions. Do you think YouTube success depends on keeping consistency 
in a certain lifestyle and that surrounding. So, to get to the first question, and this is, you know, from just my view of the situation, it depends on the circumstance. If the content is based on the individual, meaning that it's not just um, animation or voice acting or whatever, but the camera is, you know, filming you, then yes, uh, it most certainly is. And, I mean, you see, why do pretty much all content creators, myself included, have a certain image when they upload, right? It's because that image is what is what, what has that sense of familiarity. It's what works. All of a sudden, if I started uh, doing videos... You know, well, let's say in, I don't know, uh, just whatever casual clothing is popular now, and I changed my hairstyle, and I changed my manner of speaking, and I started doing all these, you know, reckless topics and things and whatever, I think the first few videos would probably do well. Not really because it appeals to people, but because they would be like, what the F is going on here, right? They would be looking at this and they would be bewildered. Um, but then people would go away. They would be like, eh, yeah, all right, for one video, if you're doing it like as a novelty, maybe. But even then, that came off as a bad joke. But if I just did that permanently, uh, people would leave eventually. It would be like a few people would stick around. A lot of people, though, they would be like, eh, this isn't... This isn't the channel that I... This isn't the person that I'm, I'm watching the channel for. I could go somewhere else and watch... Hundreds of... You know, thousands of people... Just like that, who do a better job than you do at that. So... Number one, image has a big, a big role to play. And, uh, of course... Uh, the surroundings as well. You know, it's, it certainly does. When I moved last year, one thing that, you know, people forget is that where I, where I lived before now, I didn't own any of that. That was just through the, uh, through the kindness of, of family, you know, that's, that's it. It's not like I had made it or any of that. No, no, not at all. Um, but obviously as I had been there for a number of years, uh, you know, the certain aesthetic, the certain scene, works. And uh, that's what people were familiar with. Uh, so for the time being, you know, especially initially, uh, when I moved and the scenes were different, uh, a lot of people didn't like it. They said, oh, I don't watch it anymore because your background is different. Now, to me, it's almost like, well, I, I don't mean to be dismissive, but to me, it's like, you know, if... If I were to change or whatever, if you just don't like the videos anymore, that's fine. Then, you know, don't watch. But it just seemed strange to me that something as different as just a change in background as opposed to a change in the content itself is the reason why a lot of people would stop watching something. But whatever, people have their tastes and that's fine. We're different. 
Um, but, you know, you do that, but as long as you still kind of keep your head above water, perhaps if you're lucky, then new people will come along. That's what happened. Uh, but yeah, you change the scene, that can... that can happen. Uh, and also, your second question, which I think I answered in this one, do you think you would lose followers and popularity if you change? Uh, yes, absolutely. You're all built around a certain thing in the world of, of video making. And, uh, yeah, like I had said, if I changed the way I spoke, the way I dressed, the way the videos were, especially very drastically, that would do it quick. But even if it's a gradual change, <clears throat> it'll, it'll have its impacts too. Now, sometimes you'll get lucky, and again, you'll pick up a new audience, um, but you may lose the old one. And, you know, for me, uh, that's happened for me, too. Not in a big way, but, you know, when I started off the channel, uh, especially, well, you know, my first camera was actually a pretty good HD camera. It was, uh, you know, 720p, but it was 60 frames per second. Very smooth. And, uh, you know, for 2011, early 2011, that's pretty good. So, the very first camera that I used was actually pretty solid. Again, especially for 2011, you know, it was, it was very smooth. But it broke, and then from 2012 to around 2016, early 2016, I used a, a much older camera, uh, some of which even ran off of tape. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's how old we're talking, it was a tape camera. And would sometimes replace it with different things and whatnot, but it was a um it was only up to four eighty p and the colors were much more muted, and it almost had that v h s quality to it um but a lot of people enjoyed that, and I would do that. I didn't do any editing. Uh, the videos were all just one take, which they still are. I still... That's the thing that I really despise. I hate... You know, now, editing works, but I just think the one thing that I don't like uh, is the fact that in so many videos, it's like they're over-edited. You know, I just don't like that. It's one thing if you do something in segments, and you have to you know, combine one segment to the next or whatever, or do a little editing trick for fun, I'm fine with that. But it's like things that seem over-edited nowadays. And I, I guess that's just what it takes to get people's attention now, but it seems so in-your-face. And I'm just not that way, I just don't... I don't like... I don't like doing that, so... I still try to just do things in one take and just, you know, let it... Let it flow, because I just like doing that. That's 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 fun. It's fun to do for me. It's I just enjoy it. But uh, you know, obviously, still the content has changed from that old camera and whatnot and everything that how I was, say back in twenty fourteen, uh, to how I am now. And you'll have people who've watched it back then, and they just say, "Yeah, it's just too different now. I'm just not a fan anymore." That's fine, you know, it's called evolution. Some people, uh, they evolve, they like what they like, and then that changes. Uh, that's happened both with that, 
and also uh, with this very show, you know. Uh, there was a time when many more people listened to this, but, you know, they've all gone away. And, yeah, you know, people people change. You know, it's, that's life. That's how it is. Final question, and this is a good one. I'm glad you asked this. Uh, you write, Have you ever felt trapped and wished for a change, but was too afraid to try in case you lose followers? Now, not necessarily a change in terms of, let's say, appearance or the technical specificities, um, but absolutely. Now, it's largely because of that fear and because uh, of the YouTube algorithm. Now, those go hand in hand, okay? If you upload a certain type of content and it doesn't go over well, uh, it will hurt you big time. So they, you know, you get punished for doing certain things. That's why I don't upload as frequently as I used to on the Report of the Week channel. Now, there was a time with this podcast channel when I tried to do the same thing. Say, well, I'm only going to go with what the algorithm works with. I couldn't stand it. I said, no, I made this channel to do what I want to do. Forget it. And uh, that's why the views are so low. But I'm doing what I want to do, and I'm having fun with it. That's why I said, you know what? Uh, with this show, I'm just going to do me. That's why I'm bringing out the old microphone again and kind of doing a throwback, because I'm doing what I want. That's why I made this channel in the first place, so as not to feel pressured by any algorithm. Sometimes taking it back to the roots is a really good thing to do. Sometimes it's not, but in this case, it's been, it's been very... it's been great. But yeah, I mean, you know, back in 2016, even before, I would make like four or five videos a week. Now I only make one video or two every week um, because it's a sphere. It's like, well, you're, you know, you're walking on eggshells in the most literal sense. And if you make one wrong move, that's that. So you can't be as carefree as you used to be. It's not like, oh, yeah, I'll just do a review of this or do a review of that. It's different now, and um, that's just how, how times have changed. But for instance, I was my channel in the algorithm was punished um, last week when I decided. I said, you know, I know, I already knew it was going to do bad before I ever even published it. I knew because I knew that it's just not the kind of thing that the algorithm wants. God, I feel like I'm in some sort of dystopian movie. You know, the algorithm this, the algorithm... But that's, again, that's just the way it is. God, it's so surreal to say that, though. But anyway, uh, you know, I uh, I knew it wasn't going to go over the best, but sometimes what I, what I tell myself is I say, even if no one really watches it, I hope that the few people that check it out, however many that ends up being, uh, enjoy it. And that's what matters. That's what matters. Look, as long as I can keep my head above water, I'm happy. I don't need to be the biggest, or the best, or the most viewed, or the most popular, the trendiest, or coolest, or whatever. As long as I can keep my head above water, uh, that's, you know, that's it. And as long as however many people see the video, again, it doesn't even need to be a lot, but... 
they enjoy it, that's what matters. Not about the the amount of people that watch it. Just how do people feel when they watch it? That's what's important to me. And that's why I made the video uh, last week. Where was a serious video? It was something like, um, gosh, I can't even remember the name of it. I believe it was something like, um, you know, let me just go to my channel right now and check. I don't, I just, I just don't want to give the wrong name or anything. So pardon me. We'll keep this up. We'll just, you know, not edit anything. It was called Managing Surreal Circumstances Without Losing Your Mind. I knew on this channel, people just want to see the food reviews. They want to see the food reviews. So something like that, it's just people aren't going to be interested. But I wanted to talk about the coronavirus, and I wanted to try, and I know I kind of failed, but I wanted to try to give a message of cautious optimism. And it's just something that I felt I really wanted to do. And I said, you know what? I'll take the loss, because that's something that I just really want to make. So that's why I made it. And, uh, hey, 65,000 people still saw it, which is still, uh, you know, you think about how many people that is, that's still a great number of individuals. But, you know, you compare it to the video that came before that, where some, you know, the Little Caesars pepperoni pizza that I mispronounced in the entire video through uh, got, you know, 200,000 views. And the video after that, you know, the Taco Bell, uh, Doritos Locos Tacos uh, video got 150,000 views. Uh, you know, so it's it's clear what kind of content people on that channel want to see and what kind they don't. Uh, and in terms of, of any fear or worries, you better believe uh, that if there wasn't that risk of what would happen to the channel, and it's also because it's my livelihood. It's, you know, that's why you also have to walk on eggshells. Um, but you better believe, if I wasn't concerned about the risk of things, then I would do the food reviews a whole lot less. That's not to say that I don't like reviewing food, but... It always, you know, people, they, they look at me and they just think, I, you know, I don't care about what you have to say, just go back to uh, reviewing burgers. You know, and I just think, yeah, but I have many opinions, many thoughts, there's many other things that I, I, I enjoy. Trust me, when it comes down to food, I eat once or twice a day, I don't do the three meals. Sometimes I just eat once a day. I'm like a snake sometimes. I just eat one meal and just let it digest the rest of the day and then repeat. Um, you know, snack here and there. But it's enough to keep me going, stay healthy, all that good stuff. Uh, but, you know, I think about food when I eat, but I don't sit here every waking moment, um, you know, reviewing every little morsel I can get my hands on or anything. Uh, most of the time I don't think about food. I think about... Uh, radio, I think about geopolitical uh, events, uh, current events, current affairs, so many other things. But it's always a shame when, you know, sometimes I'll, uh, I really don't publicly, you know, go out and do any of this stuff, but sometimes 
for instance, on, on um, <clears throat> Agenda Free TV, in their live chat, which is a news uh, stream, which is great, sometimes I'll give my uh, input on things going on, and the amount of times that I... Anything I say gets thrown in the trash immediately because they say, oh, you just review food. Who, who, you know, who cares what you have to say? And uh, it's just disappointing. You know, sometimes I say, I wish I maybe didn't box myself in with this, but it's just what works best with the channel. And, you know, if I weren't worried about any risk, I would make a lot of different content and <clears throat> do it a lot more frequently, too. I would just make a video about whatever I want to. And uh, some of them wouldn't be very, you know, they wouldn't be these highly edited masterpieces that you see on other channels. Might be very low budget. They might be kind of one take, whatever. Might not be the most interesting, but uh, I would make uh, a lot different stuff. I would make... Uh, a lot of radio-related content. I'd probably make videos just, you know, giving analysis on current events. Yeah, I would talk about the coronavirus uh, very freely. I would talk about um, lots of geopolitical events. I would be probably making videos every single day about North Korea. Be making videos about the situations uh, in the Middle East. Uh, I would be talking about... Now, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk about politics. It's just a, you know, leave that, leave that to the talking heads to do that. Let's not even go there. It's not to say I don't have my opinions politically, but, you know, the environment is toxic enough. Uh, I'd make fashion videos. I'd make, eh, just random vlogs and stuff. Again, probably make stuff every day. If there were those no worries, no limits. If I tried to do that now, though, uh, the channel would probably be dead. It would die. And uh, that's it. You know, it's... So that's just why I kind of limit myself. But yeah, no, that, that fear. And I would say, I bet that fear exists probably in most creators on YouTube. Because it's a similar circumstance. It's just, you know what works. And then you feel like you kind of got to... You gotta stick to it. But that's a reason why I made this channel, because there was a time when I did this podcast and I just uploaded it, you know, direct on uh, the Report of the Week channel. You know, just put it right up there. And what stopped was because I would do them pretty regularly and there would be, you know, very long shows, kind of like how this one is. Um, but into 2017, yeah, early 2017, I'd say, I would do it, and this is when I was still really trying to grow the channel actively, and I would upload, and I would always be devastated by the amount of people who would unsubscribe whenever I would upload the podcast. It would never happen when I uploaded the reviews, but whenever I would upload this show, hundreds of people would unsubscribe time and time again. And I felt like I was just hurting the channel too much by doing this. So I kind of just fell into a rut and I decided to just kind of stop doing this for a while. Then in 2018, I would upload this 
on the main channel, but then I would just not put a notification out. And then people wouldn't really be able to find it, but that's just what I was trying to do so it wouldn't hurt the algorithm and all this stuff. Uh, so then I just made the second channel to just kind of, you know, put it in a separate place. But this channel never really caught on, which is all right. Um, but, you know, it's just, for instance, if I uploaded this exact show right now to the Report of the Week channel, and let's say I was feeling risky. Oh, yeah, we're feeling daring tonight, you know? Maybe have to take a couple shots of hard liquor to, you know, build up the, the courage. Go ahead, say, yeah, I got nothing left to lose. Yeah, let's do it, right? <laughs> and um, I, I, I go and I, let's say I upload this exact show to the Report of the Week channel with notifications, meaning everyone who's subscribed to it, you know, gets the word out, oh boy, VORW is out. Uh, the show, if we go purely by the, the views, you know, and listens, I guess it would be listens, right? Because it's an audio show. It would probably get a minimum of 50,000 views. A number of which would just be from people kind of, you know, unsure what it is. Other people just checking it out. Um, but it would easily probably get 50,000 listens. Maybe even more. It might even get in upwards of 100,000 if you get lucky. But in doing so, I would probably lose thousands of subscribers. Yes, people would say, oh, for over that? Yes, you would, you would be surprised at how, how it is. It's like the most tiny little thing you do uh, can really have a big impact. No, it's not all about the subscribers. Look, it's just a number. It's just a number to me. It's not something I even really keep track of anymore. But... In doing so, YouTube will just pick up, oh, you know, thousands of people unsubscribed because of this video. It's going to hurt how future uploads perform as a result, and it's just going to hurt the entire channel overall. So instead, I just have to upload this on the second channel, and, you know, it'll get out to a small handful of people, you know, maybe 3,000 or so. And, uh, you know, hey, whoever listens, listens. And, um... Yeah, that's, uh, that's my thoughts there. But yeah, really good question, and uh, as soon as I saw your, your email, I thought this is going to probably lead to some discussion, so thank you, uh, Maya, for writing in. Uh, we got an email coming in. Oh, and by the way, if you're listening, uh, again, feedback is welcome, V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. All right. We have an email coming in from Jordan. says, love the YouTube show and the podcast. Been wanting to get into the radio show for a while, but kept putting it off. Uh, I was going to buy a shortwave radio, but I'm just curious if I'll be able to listen to the show in the U.S. Uh, absolutely, Jordan. Uh, if there's one part of the world... Now, of course, I, I did discuss the um, broadcast to Europe... Uh, so that's going to be good, you know, so if you're in Europe, you could hear it better than ever. Um, but yes, in the United States, you'll definitely 
be able to hear the show. Uh, that's where most of my radio airings are are beamed to, actually. So ab- absolutely. Uh, you have uh, frequencies up the East Coast. You have frequencies beamed. I mean, you hear it everywhere. Um, I'll give you a detailed schedule in writing, but, you know, just the best frequencies, you know, for instance, in New England uh, would be 7780 kilohertz in the evenings, uh, or 9395 kilohertz. If you're in the south, uh, 5850 kilohertz, that's in the evenings. Uh, If you're in the southwest, uh, parts of Texas, 59.50 kilohertz would be best, but otherwise 58.50 kilohertz as well. Uh, if you're on the West Coast or the Pacific Northwest, 58.50 kilohertz in the evening. And uh, if you're in the Midwest, uh, it'd be a mix uh, between 93.95 kilohertz and 58.50 kilohertz, and at times uh, 99.55 kilohertz. So yeah, there's lots of Lots and lots of uh, frequencies. If you're in Appalachia, mid-Atlantic, 6115 kilohertz. So yeah, so many frequencies to North America. That's the uh, that's where most of my broadcasts are beamed. So absolutely, Jordan. Yeah, you'll be able to get a good signal, and I'll send you in a good um, a good written schedule for you. Pete, writing in with uh, some miscellaneous thoughts. I thought the audio quality was fine with the old-school recording device. Over the years, your broadcast voice has become more polished and consistent, and that has had much more of an effect than the device itself, in my opinion. Beginning in the mid-130s episodes, uh, the difference was certainly noticeable. Keep up the good work. Your content is extremely enjoyable. Take care. Well, thank you, Pete. And uh, thank you for your compliments on the speaking voice. I try to make it smooth, and I know that's, you know, that's not always the case, but I appreciate it. I remember some of my earlier shows. I, I listened for the heck of it to a show that I did back in, you know, let's say 2014, 2015. And, uh, yeah, there there were lots of great fluctuations in uh, volume on my part, not just because of any sort of recording device, like you said. But thank you, Pete have an email. Let's see. Coming in from Josiah. And and this is a topic that I discussed a while back, but I'm always happy to reintroduce it for the fun of it. He says, I thought I would get your opinion on a topic uh, you really love, which is Bigfoot. Uh, Like yourself and many others, I am a big believer in the creature. Uh, My girlfriend, however, has a different theory uh, as to who Bigfoot really is. She believes Bigfoot is actually Cain from the Bible. And if you're familiar with the story, you'll know that Cain killed his brother Abel because God favored Abel's sacrifice more than Cain's. Because of Cain's actions, he was condemned to a life of wandering on earth forever. The word wanderer means a person who travels aimlessly. I find this interesting, but I would really appreciate your input on this. Thank you. So that was from Josiah. So number one, thank you for your email. I have to say this right off the bat. 
yeah, Bigfoot does interest me greatly. Still does. Uh, it's always a lot of fun. Just watching these different videos. And I don't know, cryptids. Yeah, they've always been of, of great fascination. I think back to when I was young. When I grew up, I would always go to the library and I would always get all these books about Bigfoot. I remember there was a time when I even went, you know, got a bunch of books from the different libraries, you know, was able to go through the system and get them over and, you know, eventually uh, a week later I was able to walk out of the library, pick them all up, and uh, had a whole stack of all these different books about Bigfoot. And it's always been of great interest to me. It's just so much fun. I don't know. It's just you know, one of those things you like. And even to this day, it's still fun. Of all the, the things that I've ever researched and read about and all the different, you know, theories and views and hypotheses, uh, you know, I have to give your girlfriend credit, Josiah. That is the first time I've ever heard... Uh, the hypotheses that Bigfoot is actually Cain uh, from the Bible. So, number one, uh, yeah, that's the first time I've ever heard that. And I've, I've read a lot on it, but yes, that's a first. It's a total first. Personally, to tell you the truth, I don't think that's the case. Um, because, you know, even if... Let's just go under the impression... Uh, you know, for, for the discussion, uh, that, all right, let's say uh, Cain is around and is wandering uh, the earth forever, as was, uh, you know, condemned by God, you would still have to meet uh, that, that specific criteria. So then what would transform Cain, you know, from just, let's say, you know, instead of just being... Uh, a person that looks like the rest of us and just stuck here for all eternity, uh, what would be the cause of the transformation from a person into more like this um, primate-like humanoid covered in fur from top to bottom that's extremely elusive? And, uh, you know, it's just... To me, that just doesn't seem... Like a possibility. No, I mean, who knows? But to me, that just doesn't... It's a fascinating hypothesis, though. So. I mean, absolutely fascinating. I've never heard that one before. So thank you, uh, Josiah, for sharing. Uh, we have another email coming in from Liz. Just some general feedback. It says, I was compelled to write a quick email about the random talk. Um, it was so enjoyable. And as a newer listener... I'm, of course, used to your more recent style of show. It was so much fun to hear you talk about a number of different topics. Everything was very entertaining and very enjoyable. I especially enjoyed the North Korea segment, but every topic was great. Thanks for the great work. So thank you, Liz. Glad you liked the uh, kind of the throwback show as well. So that's fantastic. Glad you, uh, glad you enjoyed it. It's always great to hear. All right, so uh, I guess I'm going to do two more letters, and uh, then I'm just going to wrap up the show for now, and then when I do another one, we'll get to um, get to some more. 
actually, uh, there is a bit of a, uh, you know, I, I think I did this in the last one, and I'll do it again right now, I'll just, I'll say it, right? Uh, there has been a bit of a time jump. It is now, and see, you couldn't even tell, um, but it's now 10.56 p.m., uh, Friday the 1st of May, 2020, and I'm recording this part, this final part, uh, with a mask on, so if my voice sounds a little muffled, that's why. Now, you, you might be saying, why are you, why are you wearing a mask, you idiot, uh, while you're recording the show? Well, you know, the, the thing is that people forget about, about face masks, is that they're, they're multi-purpose. They're not just for, um, you know, stopping virus, etc. Um, but one thing that they're also useful with is for dust. You know, now I have a variety of them. I have dust masks and um, surgical masks, etc. And anyway, I was doing some cleaning earlier, and there was a bigger, you know, plume of dust, if you want to call it that. I was coughed up in the air than I intended, and, uh, well, I thought, eh, no big deal, you know, I'm just gonna go about my business, I don't need to, you know, when I was done cleaning, I took it off, and I said, eh, you know, it's, what's done is done, don't need to wear it anymore, and then as I'm breathing it in, it's like these, these large, you know, pieces of dust, it's like, oh, I feel it scratching my throat, you know, and it still is hours later, so I said, yeah, before I do myself in with that one, just gonna put it back on, but again, one of those things that uh, kind of can get um, you get used to, I think, sound-wise. <laughs> but uh, yeah, otherwise, uh, still doing all right. So two more emails, two more to get to. Uh, Homer writes in, says, "What are your thoughts on nothingness?" Well, nothing. <laughs> No, no, I, I, I joke, I, I joke, that was a bad one. Well, nothingness is one of those concepts that it doesn't bother me. No, I mean, I mean, really, you know, I said that as a joke, but really, what are my thoughts on nothingness? Well, nothingness, it, you know, it's one of those interesting concepts that I think our minds have, have trouble wrapping wrapping around you know trying to to understand trying to grapple with so we have a lot of trouble i think fully understanding that concept of of nothingness doesn't bother me though it's well it's just nothingness that's it <laughs> you know it's it's not one of those things that shakes me to the to the core or anything so i'm sorry i don't have a much uh, larger contribution to that, but I, I think perhaps maybe the viewpoint that I initially said is a joke, you know, nothing. Maybe that is more true than I I kind of initially uh, thought it to be. I, I don't know. All right, and um, one last email comes in from Lex, I think in Florida, and uh, she writes, I think the coronavirus forced me to confront my bad habit of procrastination and laziness. For a while, I had no sleep schedule and did my work half-heartedly, but I realized that sometimes you can't help what happens in the world, but you have to take charge of your own life for the time being. So I started going to bed at reasonable hours, sat down, did the work I had to do, even if it was little by little, 
and just got stuff done. I know you don't have to be you have to be productive all the time, but being lazy is not an option if you have goals. You'll get nowhere. It feels a lot better at night when I go to sleep when I know that I did what I could for the day. What about you? Have you confronted bad habits or other concerns in your personal life, uh, like maybe cleaning up your wardrobe due to the lockdown? So thank you, Lex, for your email. Uh, well, number one, congratulations. That sounds like you're really, um, you know, getting things taken care of. Productivity is, is great. And uh, the fact that you're kind of taking initiative. You know, you're taking this situation and you're making something of it for self-improvement to um, just do better by by oneself. And uh, no, congratulations. That's That's fantastic. So, you know, keep up the good work. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, because I think that really does pay off. So that's fantastic, number one. Um, for me, you know, it's actually kind of funny that you mentioned the wardrobe. Uh, that is one thing that I actually have done in my free time, you know, because there, there was a time one afternoon I was sitting there and I wasn't really doing anything. And I was just, you know, it was one of those times where I was just thinking, well, do I have anything to do now? I mean, I don't know what to do next, so... Then, and then I looked over, and I saw this pile of, uh, you know, various clothing and whatnot that I just never wore. It was, I hadn't hung up properly yet. And I figured, well, let, let me do that. Let's just get rid of that entire pile, get everything hung up, get it all organized. Why not? I have nothing better to do, so let me do something productive. So, um, did that, got that done. I mean, one other thing that I was doing, you know, again... Um, that's why I have the mask on right now, was doing some cleaning, getting all that done. Um, you know, again, I don't know if this is productive or anything, but doing the, um, trying to do more of these shows, more of these broadcasts, trying to manage things there, maybe do a little bit more, uh, writing. I've, I've been very active with, uh, some short stories, some, uh, even longer stories, but I don't really feel them to be, uh, appropriate to read right now. Now, now, when you say they're not appropriate, that always invokes this image, like, oh, is that some sort of sexual deviance or something? No, no, it's just sometimes the language is a little coarse in them, and uh, it's just outside of the comfort zone for these uh, broadcasts and stuff, so that's why, but yeah, writing what I want, doing, um, doing that, working on that, and uh, just getting things done, you know, just trying to spend that free time to uh, just do some uh, some of those things. So, yeah, even in the little ways, I think they add up. But uh, it's great to hear that you're able to uh, to really use that time for, for that self-improvement, get more work done. That's fantastic. So uh, with that, I think that wraps up today's program. Uh, any feedback is welcome once again at vorwinfo at gmail.com. And uh, if you got a radio, please um, check out that shortwave broadcast to Europe on 6070 kilohertz. Really uh, hoping you can tune into that if, if you're able to. And if you want a schedule for that, again, just send it to the email and I'll happy, um, ha- happily sort through it and get it taken care of. So that's all that I got. Thank you and take care. Uh, be safe. Be healthy. And uh, who knows what the future holds. Who who knows? We'll see what happens going forward in, in just the world. You know, it's 
such an uncertain time. All right, I'll see you all uh, a bit later in another broadcast. Take care. This is VORW signing off.